Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Hello there and welcome to Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing the Roswell Incident. So please do sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. So yes, this episode we're going to be discussing the Roswell Incident of 1947. Possibly the most famous UFO incident in all of modern history. Let's get started with a bit of background. So back in June 1947 was the start of the flying saucer craze that waved across, waved across, that spread across North America. Swept? Swept maybe? The one was swept? Yes, let's go with that. That swept across North America. So this all started in June 1947 when Kenneth Arnold, who was an amateur pilot, was flying over the Mount Rainer range in Washington state. And he claims to have seen nine shiny disc-shaped objects traveling at very high speed from his aircraft. And they, they were 15 miles in front of him traveling at high speed. But we'll get into that one on another episode. But this is where it all started. And it, and it was from that that the term flying saucer was coined. The term flying saucer was first used in 1930. Was it? In terms of, in terms of describing an unidentified flying object, yes. Wikipedia what? will tell you this if you Google flying saucer. 1947 is not where it came from. 1947 is where it was first popularised because okay. when people started getting carried away with the idea. All right, I stand corrected by our resident sceptic. So it's when the term flying saucer was first popularised in the national press of the time. And this then led to what was reported as being some 800 sightings of UFOs in that year. But from what I've read, was more likely to be around about 16 to 20. Or none. Or, <laughs> or none. So let's fast forward to a month later, the 8th of July, 1947, when the Roswell Daily Record released a headline that stated, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. And this <laughs> news article told the story of how Roswell Army Airfield Major Jesse Marcel had recovered a flying disc from a range of an unidentified rancher uh, in the vicinity of Roswell and that the disc had been flown to higher headquarters, in inverted commas, for inspection. The same article also stated that a few weeks previously, a couple in Roswell had witnessed a large unidentified flying object fly over their home. So they, they linked the two. Now, this ranch was actually a guy called William Mack. Brazil, and he found the debris strewn across his ranch outside a town called Corona in New Mexico, which is about 80 miles northwest of Roswell. And he found this debris actually around about the middle of June 1947. But at the time, he didn't own a radio, he didn't own a telephone, he didn't know about this flying saucer craze that was going on in the country at the time. And it wasn't until he travelled into Corona to get some shopping and stuff that people were talking about flying discs and he was like oh i found this stuff on my ranch i wonder if it could be related so on the 7th of july he traveled back to corona with this debris that he'd found which was like shiny metals and bits of wood and took them to the local sheriff who then called the roswell army airfield and they assigned major marcel to come out and collect the 
the debris from him. So on the 8th of July, Marcel collected the materials off him and took them to his base commander, who's a guy called Colonel William Blatchard. Um, and then this was reported to General Roger Ramey at Fort Worth Army Airfield, who then ordered that the debris be flown there immediately. So they shoved it on a B-29 bomber and Marcel took the debris there to be inspected so at that point obviously it'd been in the press that you know roswell's local paper had stated they found this flying saucer that crashed in roswell and that the army were looking into it so i found an excerpt from a newspaper at the time called the bakersfield Californian on the 8th of july 1947 and the article in that stated the many rumours regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th bomber group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office of Chaves County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such a time he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by major marcel to high headquarters so obviously all of this kind of like furore around it started up and everyone was convinced that the army were admitting that they'd captured a flying saucer but the following day well they said initially yeah they they initially described it as, they said they had retrieved a disc didn't they that's the way they described yeah. it they didn't say it was a you know a, a flying saucer or a, a flying disc they said we have retrieved a disc and then they changed it almost immediately afterwards and said they'd retrieved a weather balloon yeah so they changed it the following day and it was reported that it had been identified as a, a, a weather balloon and they classic um, cover up classic cover up swamp gas um, and they'd uh, <laughs> provided a photograph of Jesse Marcel holding this foil-looking substance and wood and stuff all spread out on the floor. Foil and wood. Foil and wood. So, Like you might get in a weather balloon. Like you might get in a weather balloon. Now, I'll get onto this later on, but Jesse Marcel would later go on to claim that the debris he was holding in those photographs wasn't the debris he was handed and wasn't the debris oh, that he no. transported to Fort Worth. So... It was kind of a cover up. fake debris. Fake debris. Oh. Yeah. So the whole flying disc, UFO, flying saucer thing went away, really, until the 1970s when Stanton Friedman, who, for people who know, is quite a famous ufologist. I've never heard of him. Of course you wouldn't. You'd recognise him if you saw a picture no. of him. But Don't he, think we he, would. No. Well, okay. <laughs> Does he look like you? Uh, he looks like... <laughs> He looks like an old man with a big beard and glasses. Mm -hmm. Like you. Like me. In 1979, Stanton Friedman interviewed Jesse Marcel about the debris um, during an interview that was recorded. And Jesse Marcel said, They wanted some comments from me, but I wasn't at liberty to do that. So all I could do is keep my mouth shut. And General Ramey is the one who discussed and told the newspapers, I mean the newsmen, what it was, and to forget about it. He's nothing more than a weather observation balloon. Of course, we both knew differently. So he was implying that they knew it wasn't a weather balloon. Yeah. And he would go on to say that, as I said earlier, that, that debris was not the debris that he was handed or transported to Fort Worth. So bear in mind, this is 1979, so like 32 years had passed. And yeah, Star Wars was out. Yeah, there'd been no Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ET. There'd been no, no, not ET wasn't then. ET was in the 80s, Matthew. God damn it. 
Avatar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alien. That was oh, 79. That was yeah. 79. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't until 1980 that the, the mention of alien bodies being recovered first came to fruition. So it was in a book called yeah. The Roswell Incident, and it contains stories from a civil engineer called Gary Barnett and a story from a group of archaeology students who claimed to have encountered the wreckage and seen these bodies yeah and these were these were second-hand stories weren't they, they were to be clear yeah. these weren't these weren't stories that were given as interviews verbatim to the yes. person writing the book so they claimed that on the san augustine plains that they'd seen this wreckage and these bodies and then had been told to piss off by the army so it wasn't until much later on in 1989 that alleged first-hand stories started coming out. Um, and it's from a guy called Glenn Davis, who was a local mortician at the time. And there'd been an episode of Unsolved, Unsolved Mysteries, which had focused on the Roswell incident. And for anyone who remembers the old Unsolved Mysteries, they used to have a hotline at the end where they'd say, you know, if you got any information on these stories call this number if you've been affected by any of the stories in tonight's episode please contact robert stack yeah so this guy called glenn davis called the hotline saying that he had first-hand knowledge of the events and had also been in contact with someone who'd witnessed all of this so he and he didn't think to tell anyone until, until then, yeah. a television program 40, told 40 him years to later okay, 40, right. 40 years later, years later. so <laughs> he claims that Whilst being the local mortician, he'd taken phone calls from the Roswell base asking about how to preserve bodies and whether they had any hermetically sealed caskets that could accommodate a, a child. Uh, you're right, mate. We've got some aliens here. We, we're just looking for a little bit of advice. I don't think they sound like Brummies in Roswell, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish they did. <laughs> so, Is it not near Birmingham, Alabama? No, no. So... He also claims that uh, he was friends with a local nurse who worked at the base and that she'd witnessed the bodies and had taken part in the autopsies of these bodies as well. So that these three child-sized bodies with large oval-shaped heads, <laughs> big eyes and long fingers that didn't have any fingernails but had like pads at the end of them. You're turning me on, um, Mike. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> now, he wouldn't. He gave a name for this nurse, but then it later transpired that he'd given a false name for this nurse. And he claimed that he'd given a false name because he wanted to protect her identity. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But then in, a, in an interview that I watched from the 90s, he then claimed that she disappeared and believed that she'd been killed in an air crash over here in the UK. Uh, yeah. So don't go looking for her because you won't go, find her because she never existed. I mean, because she died in an air crash. She was bumped off. How, uh, how do we, how do we know she, was in the, upon she died conspiracy. in the UK? Well, this is what he's claiming. This is what he claimed in the interview that I watched. She might, she might be on some sort of flight okay. manifest somewhere. Her and a number of, uh, a number of, other nurses who were also working at the base at the time died. Oh, it was you know. yeah, it was but, the Roswell nurses but, trip to London. That's what was happening. Yeah, Tower yes. London. Yeah, from from the the nineteen forty six to the nineteen fifty cohort of nurses. What so the other nonsense? The other the other person to come forward uh, was in so in two thousand and five, a guy who was a an army officer at the base at the time. It was a guy called Walter Hort. He was the guy who drafted the original press release in 1947. He released a signed affidavit claiming that he witnessed a relatively small body comparable to maybe a 10 or 11 year old child that was pretty well beaten up and went on to state that he was convinced that he had personally observed some type of craft 
and its crew from outer space. And this is from a guy who Ooh. was confirmed as being at the base at the time, employed by the Army Air Force, and being confirmed yeah. as the guy who did draft that original press release in 1947 that stated they'd recovered a disc. I think it's I think it's safe to say that the Roswell staff Christmas parties were off the hook from the sounds of things. They knew how to throw a good party. <laughs> in July. Well, you know, everyone's got to celebrate. A Christmas party. In July. Well, okay, Independence Day then for the Americans, 4th of July, which was actually the day, it was the day after that it was found, wasn't it? Day after Independence Day, 5th of July, 1947. Everyone was just a bit drunk. There you go. No, it was, well, they Maybe Will Smith, maybe Will Smith shot the air, the uh, the weather balloon down. With Jeff Goldblum. Uh, have we, have we talked... Jeff Goldblum. Have yeah. we talked about Project Mogul yet? No, so We're so obviously that. I, that's that's the outline of the you know Roswell. So the TLDR is rancher finds shiny metal debris on his ranch, takes it to the local sheriff who calls in the air force. The news say that the air force have recovered a flying disc, and then forty, fifty years later, people come forward to say, yeah, there's also bodies as well. Hmm. That might be a mixed-up story from the Aztec hoax. But that's to be discussed. Yeah. Should we, should we, where do we want to start? Yeah. Bodies or balloon? I think balloon. Because there's, there's, start, there's, there's way more the, to... The, the craft. Let's start with the, yeah. okay. the craft. Okay, okay. I'm not going to call it a craft. I'm going to call it a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. There was, lo- there was lots of rubber there as well, wasn't there? It was, it was wood, tape, rubber, like rubber bands, like stretchy kind of bits of grey rubber. I mean... And tin foil, apparently. And yeah, some kind of like thin tinfoil-esque material not metal in fact actually i think i read that there was definitely not any hard metal found so so i I think it's probably worth us explaining what project mogul was so this was the the rebuttal so apparently in 1994 somebody claimed that it was a top secret project that was developed to detect soviet nuclear bomb tests that was that was supposedly what was attached to the balloons so it was it was yeah it so, was high altitude balloons with microphones attached to them disc microphones kind of which might be significant if they are big disc microphones i think they are that. recovering yeah the disc. i think uh, an eyewitness yeah. report says it, it looked like a box kite the mm. apparatus and it had yeah it was a borsal wood frame and it was covered apparently in in aluminum foil Pro- project mogul was quite a secretive project wasn't it and in 1994 they said well that's what this was for that's that's what it actually was mm. that's the reason why we couldn't tell you exactly what it was in 1947 because we were spying on the commies that's the crux of the explanation these days from the american government is that yes we did keep it secret we did kind of hide it but it was still a balloon it's just that the balloon wasn't monitoring weather it was monitoring whether or not the commies were exploding nuclear warheads. They're going to say that. They're going to say that. You don't accept it, do you? No. Oh, yeah, they're going to say that. Of course they're they are. Say yeah. that. But it was, yeah. it was two years after the end of World War II, wasn't it? I mean, you know, there were there were serious tensions, yeah. weren't there? You know, I mean, te- they, they technically the death. Second World War yeah. didn't end until the collapse of the Soviet Union. Well, yeah, but at, at, that, I mean. at that time there was an uneasy peace, wasn't there, that then yeah. became the Cold War. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we're years before the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that kind of stuff. But at this stage, they probably didn't want to get seen to be spying on each other for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it makes perfect sense why that would have to be kept secret yeah. to me. 
but it still matches the fact that it was some form of balloon stroke high altitude device that was in use secretly by the US government, not that it was a spaceship. I mean, unless the aliens have got quite good trees on their planets, I think they might have found a better way to travel the light years to get here. But, you know, I mean, maybe they are using scotch tape. Maybe that's, maybe that's where we got it from. It's like I could get yeah, to Mars tin with, with some tin foil, a bit of balsa wood and some rubber. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to use the rubber for, but it's just nice I'm detecting, with you, isn't it? I'm detecting high yeah. levels of cynicism here. Well, what I would say is, Mike, um, in support of your position, because I know that you're an ardent believer, is apparently President Truman also gave the green light to a project which was known as Majestic 12, or MJ-12, and that was apparently a secret project to suppress all of the UFO information. Now, I don't know whether or not that's actually been debunked, but apparently that was an active project. So unless this was some, unless this was part of, as I've read, a double-double-double bluff, so the idea that the, the UFO was to bluff that they were actually monitoring the Russians, but then MJ-12 was a double-double bluff just in case any of the intelligence services had actually been infiltrated by Russian double agents, which apparently was rife during the 60s, 70s and 80s. Mm. I mean, Truman's also the president who acknowledged that during the Second World War, the air crews had encountered Foo Fighters, which were the the nickname for the balls of light that were seen following and flying around. Do you think Truman might might have been a bit of a kook? Do you think Truman might have been a bit of a believer? I don't know. Well... Yeah, you say that. I saw a I saw a video clip from an interview that NBC did with Donald Trump when he was president, and they asked him about Roswell, and Trump just did his usual. Ah, yeah, I can tell you some really interesting things about that Roswell incident, but I'm not going to tell you. You know whether he was just playing up to the camera or not. There were reports that some of the metals that were found were like solid metals with like hieroglyphs on them, like described as almost like hieroglyphic writing on them. <laughs> really? No. Surely that is, you know, the nonsense perpetuated to try and make this seem like it's something more special than it is. Maybe, but... Because these reports evolved and grew and, you know, multiplied over time. More and more people... You know, you go back to 1947, there was a bit of interest, a statement, blah, 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 it's put to bed. They forgot about it until the 70s when someone decided, hey, let's dig into this a bit more and make some shit up. And then that is where all this nonsense grew from. You know, all of a sudden, it's not actually what was described. All those definitely aren't the bits that I received. You know, thanks for the money for the interview. I'm off to the pub to drink some moonshine. Mm. You can't buy moonshine in a pub. I mean, I'm not... not, uh, No, it's true, actually. You get it out of a bath. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Obviously, I'm exaggerating that for comedy effect. But if this was that big a deal, it would have carried on being a big deal from 1947 to 1979, rather than just going quiet for 32 years. People don't forget that they've seen a spaceman or a spaceship and then just carry on with their normal lives, surely. I'm with you on this one. I actually didn't know, well, I knew very little about the Roswell incident. Obviously, I've heard about it. I thought it had got something about people getting sucked up in UFOs. I just didn't know. I wasn't sure. (laughs) Who were misses? Yeah, absolutely. Sucked off into space. I'm absolutely gobsmacked that it was 
literally wood rubber bands and and sellotape scotch tape i mean i'm i'm just i'm almost in disbelief lisa now. how do you know that a spaceman from alpha reticuli <laughs> or wherever they're supposed to be from couldn't couldn't fly through space on his on his magical balloon how did you know he couldn't are you a spaceman i'm, I'm not or woman i'm it, not no it, it sounds like no. macgyver meets blue peter okay built this let, let, device let me now let me put this can we Right. Can we move on to the bodies? Hold on, hold on, on, hold on. The bodies, no, no. The bodies no. is quite an interesting one. But, oh no, Mike now, needs to stop us. Go on, Mike. Yeah. The thing is, right, okay. you're saying, yeah, all these people said it was bolster yeah. wood and, and foil. But what if the people who came forward the- to say that were government agents sent out to yeah. misinform well, imagine, yeah. and divert attention to the way away from the fact? What if the people who say we breathe oxygen are actually, you know, lizard people and in reality we breathe water there is there is oxygen in water yeah there is yeah can i i will make one point before before we move on to the bodies i do want to make one quick point and that there was a times report by a gentleman by the name of ralph blumenthal who apparently claims that in las vegas there is a repository which contains rare earth alloys but also extraterrestrial alloys and apparently it was leaked on a MSNBC report and the, the papers came from the DOD about this cache full of extraterrestrial alloys. I'm just throwing it in there. Since we're talking about metals and alloys, it could conceivably I mean, come from there. technically any form of alloy that had fallen to Earth in a meteorite could be classed as an extraterrestrial alloy. Oh, you shoot, yeah, you're shooting holes. Moon, I was trying to help you, Mike. got from a meteorite. <laughs> just throwing you a bone. Throw me a bone. I took that bone. Do they? And I buried it. Do, do these? Do these extraterrestrial alloys have the consistency of balsa wood and rubber? It's funny, but they were very tinfoil like. No, I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so the bodies. The bodies. You've already said, haven't you, Mike? The bodies didn't enter into anyone's understanding of this until 1980. No, yeah, 1980. And that's when, yeah, yeah. 1980, when a book was written based on second-hand stories Correct. to state that there were also, oh, as well as this crashed disc that you everyone knows is real for sure, we also now know that there were bodies as well. And here's a book I'm going to sell that explains about the bodies. Now, Lisa, you'd already mentioned, you said it was very similar to a hoax, didn't you? Yeah, I think the bodies... Um, well, a lot of the stories are confused with something called the Aztec hoax, which happened, was it two years later? Or no, maybe just a year later. And it wasn't all that far away in the grand scheme of things from, from Roswell in New Mexico. Yeah, it was in New Mexico yeah. as well, yeah. So it's, um, you know, people have like merged the two stories together because they were so kind of similar in time. But I think the bodies is a completely separate, totally debunked official hoax, as soon as it's officially called the Aztec hoax. Yeah. So do you do you want Again, to Again, they're going to debunk bodies because they don't want to admit that aliens no. have been recovered, I mean, Mike, that's, they? that's, that's, not, say, that's not a solid argument, though, is it? They're going to say... You can, just, you can say that about anything. No. Oh, the Earth's they're not say it's, cold. They're going to say it's dummies they, dropped from balloons. They're going to say it's bodies dropped... It's no, dummies dropped the, from balloons. They're going to say it's 
monkeys that were used in test flights. Yeah, now there was that very famous footage, wasn't? Because this is kind of, I recall in the nineties, there was like, oh, here's the the aliens from Roswell. Yeah, is that with Anton Beck? There was video. quite a famous footage. That's well, it. Yeah, well, and I yeah. remember. You know, pe- people genuinely believed that. I was in a, but, I was in know, America when that it, when that aired with Jonathan Frakes did that special, and there it was all yeah. over the news over there. It's just it was of course, everywhere yeah, because people want to believe it. And did you believe it, Mike? Yeah, I did. Or yeah, or did you go? No, that's 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 some dumb. No, thing, no, I think, I think I think some. I think I was, you know, I was, I was quite young. I was in my mid-teens, and I, I believed mid thirties, mid thirties, and I, I believed it. Yeah. Do you believe it now? Do you believe it now? No, because it's been proven to be a hoax. Yeah, the guy who did. Well, yeah, the guy who did it didn't say it was a hoax. He said it was a reconstruction. Yeah. Which is basically a know, hoax, fake. Yeah. This is what yeah. I think happened. Well, didn't he say? Yeah. Didn't and didn't he say this is pl- we recreated what we actually saw in a video? That was genuine. Well, what it's funny. Well, yes. well why didn't you just who, produce the video that was real? Yeah, the person who debunked it was UK's fav, favourite sofa sitter, Eamon Holmes, who claimed whilst they were whilst he was filming a special for Sky that it that it was all fake. And then actually what happened was Gary Shufield said it was a reconstruction of what he believed to have happened. I mean, when Eamon Holmes yeah, was, is the person was, who's your your truth teller, you know you're on Thin ice. There was, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Eamon is quite astute. I do know what, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, I don't know what, I don't know where I was. What year was this? But I, I just have not. Like ninety five or something. Uh, I've just, I've got kind of like uh, mid nineties in my head for it. I was when was it was popular. Probably yeah. drunk. Uh, yeah, apparently nineteen ninety five. Apparently it was no a, it was that. it was shot in the UK. Apparently at Pine Tree Studios. Well, apparently it was it was it was shot in an empty flat in Rochester Square. But uh, apparently when they were <laughs> when they were done with it, the prop bodies were taken to a butcher's in Smithfield Meat Market cut up and they just disposed of them in bins across Camden, apparently, for fear that it might trigger Imagine finding law that enforcement. in your bin. <laughs> what, were they actually, what, yeah. what were these alien autopsy bodies made out? They're just like, they're just like rubber or something. Uh, raspberry jam, chicken entrails and pork knuckle <laughs> joints, apparently, were used for like the internal organs. Ugh, right. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, Sounds this is nonsense. Delicious. Anyway, this alien were- autopsy is nonsense. But... The actual bodies. Yeah, there it, was... sounds, it sounds like they were kind of like. Uh, sounds like they were kind of like a pig cake. Ugh, grim, sweet though. This isn't sweet. the worst thing I, I would have ever eaten. <sighs> but there were actually kind of rubberized type bodies that they used, didn't they, back in the day when they kind of dropping them to see what was happening. That was that. That was part of the Mogul project, wasn't it? Was that? Is that? Oh, what, am I getting chuck confused? some chuck some rubber bodies out of a yeah crash test dummies. There was also. A in in 2017, there was a debunking by the Guardian newspaper of some photographs that some kook, un, unlike you, Mike, I don't write all their names down, partly because I don't want to be sued. But there was some 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 kook who basically said they had photographs of the alien bodies that were from Roswell, and the Guardian successfully identified that they were actually pictures of a mummified Native American child that was on display in a museum. Oh. 
So that was, you know, just just another person trying to make a name for themselves or get something out of, you know, an incident that they don't understand, but want but want other people to believe is aliens, so they can make some dollars out of them. Yeah. Can we should we should we change the name of this program to Grift Busters? <laughs> you know, and I, I I say this about a lot of things on on the podcast, but it it just seems to me that that is the not so much, although to an extent, the incident. But the alien bodies part and embellishing the story with those additional parts to keep people interested, you know, and just kind of drip feeding of additional information about, oh, we found this body. Oh, now there's pictures. Oh, now there's a video. Oh, and, you know, actually most of it was made up. But, you know, if there is even a kernel of truth in there, it's lost in the sea of people trying to make a yeah, buck. Yeah, totally, totally. So, so Mike, you, because you're such a big believer in the alien side of things, mm-hmm. um, do you think that there were alien bodies bodies at the Roswell crash site that were recovered. Is that is that no. do you think that those two things happened together? No. Okay. No. No. I don't. So who was flying the disc? Who was flying the disc? Who indeed? I don't know. You know it's that hot air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Philly as fog, um, wasn't it? <laughs> you see what Jesse Marcel came out and said in the 70s and the William Ork guy makes me think that there was a cover-up of some kind. I'm not convinced that the debris that was in the photographs was what was found. I, yeah. I, I, I think that that was debris from a weather balloon and I think it was used to disinform the public. However, what I believe crashed on the Brazil ranch was more than likely a top secret aircraft that, you know, may have been operating out of Area 51 or could have been operating out of the Roswell Army Airfield. And I think what happened was there there probably had been some form of malfunction, probably some form of jet aircraft because jet aircraft were still relatively new in 1947. You know, they'd been used for four or five years at that point. Yeah, and they, you know, they certainly couldn't go very, you know, the ones that were in production at least couldn't go that fast at yeah. that point. They were a lot faster than propeller aircraft, yeah. but they weren't fast they weren't, by today's standards. Yeah, not, not by today's standards at all. So I, no. I think, do I think that an unidentified craft crashed on Mac Brazel's ranch? Yes. Unidentified to Joe Public. Yeah. Do I think that it was an alien spacecraft? No, I don't. So I think it was a. I think it was a top secret aircraft. God, I don't I'm think, in shock. Oh, I don't there's some flip flopping happening. <laughs> I know it's that whole wind them up, knock them down. <laughs> have I, um, Mike? Have I have I finally sucked all the joy out of your soul, and you're now becoming as as a succubus? No, no, because there are there are still. <laughs> There are still UFO sightings and encounters that I wholeheartedly believe are genuine. But why not this one? This is the big one. People have been talking about yeah. it you know, on and off for 70 years. I know, nearly. but if it was if it was genuinely a, a crashed alien spacecraft, then there's no way that it would be able to be kept secret for this long without more people coming forward with deathbed confession saying, yeah, I was there. Yeah. I helped recover it. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. So I'm just playing devil's advocate like I like to. So what if it really was a crashed 
alien spaceship. But what the government do is they encourage people to make up nonsense, like we found we found bodies and here's here's a load of hoax footage and here's some hoax photos. The double triple bluff. Those hoaxes will be exposed. Yeah. The double triple quadruple bluff. Mm. Yeah. What if it's that, Mike? What if it's that? You could believe anything you want then. I mean And and isn't that really what this is all about? It could be, but I don't think it is. It's not. <laughs> no, I just, I just think, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna reference one of our earlier podcasts, the Pigman of Canic Chase. Do listen to that one if you've not already checked it out. And that is that I think part of it is, you know, I don't want to be like singling out Americans as, you know, a nationality, but I think they just have got more fervent imaginations. I think, imagine what would have happened if a pigman had been sighted in Roswell, New Mexico. Just imagine the amount of merchandise that you'd be able to purchase right here, right now, but because it was in Canuck. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no pigman cafe, but I think Roswell have seemed to have done quite well out of the aforementioned incident and are yeah. making quite a pretty penny for themselves, aren't they? Once again, yeah, some people back to the cash, yeah. the cash cow. You've got to follow the money. That's that. That's you know. If you if you if you look at especially like you know the the more uh, or sorry the the less populated states of the states is that you know quite a lot of every town has got a thing, haven't they? Like whether it's the world's biggest plastic donut yeah. or it's you know we 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 had aliens here. There's 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 a thing everywhere. You know, because they're 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 so spread out and they want to be known for something. So you know, wh- wh- whether it happened or not, I think obviously the Roswell Township would be like, <laughs> yeah, let's let's build a plastic alien and get everyone to come and look at it. Let's make let's make some coin off this. Mm. It will encourage people to come to our town, which otherwise I don't know what's in Roswell, New Mexico. This this is literally the only thing that puts Roswell on the map, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think part of it as yeah, well is that much. as a nation, it's it's a relatively young nation, and unlike you know the rest of mainland Europe that's got castles and it's steeped in history, that to a certain extent they've had to kind of manufacture some of this for themselves. Well, yeah, I suppose you can walk through every town and village in England and you'll see a church which is about a thousand years old, which blows the mind of a lot of Americans that you know we don't even think about it, and yet they've got. 400 years worth of history and they're trying to trying to cram everything in and make the most of everything they've got because like you say Matt it is it is so spread out isn't it it's kind of it is it is massive so yeah, they just want, yeah. Want to be fair to 400 years of history but they've done a lot they've done a lot <laughs> haven't they been you know? busy yeah. Haven't they been busy? I mean, like, so, so it, it seems like we're now doing a podcast on America, no, which, which I'd be quite happy to do, having never been there. <laughs> sorry, uh, America. I've, I've got a lot of opinions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if if you're an American listener, then please feel free to email in and tell us why we're wrong. Yeah, we we do love you. Yeah, please, you, but you are we are you are our special relationship. So yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think it was an alien spacecraft, but like I said, there are some encounters that I think are like. Rendlesham Forest, an incident that happened there, over, but that's over here. Is that something that we're going to be talking about on one of the podcasts? We will discuss that on one of the future podcasts. Excellent. But yeah, I don't, I don't think alien bodies were recovered. I think it was a top secret experimental aircraft. I, I feel a bit let down there, Mike. I, I genuinely thought you were a true believer oh, in that as well. Me too. I'm I'm shocked. Uh, so we no, can I mean, put in a show of hands don't, don't get no me aliens. wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I I believe in aliens and UFOs and that stuff. But yeah. Roswell, yeah. 
Roswell's never really had a, a massive draw for me, if I'm honest. You see, the good news there, though, Mike, is that the, uh, the, the FBI, who are actually outside your house waiting to see if you were going to prove this once and for all. The FBI... Um, they've just turned around and left now, so good job. <laughs> you would think at the FBI on foreign soil. It'd be the CIA. Oh, of course it would. Yeah. And it wouldn't be any it'd be It'd be Majestic 12 and the Men in Black. <laughs> so, no surprises. I don't believe any of it. I completely agree it looks like something was covered up, but I'm inclined to believe what the what the American government released in the 90s as being the, the most likely thing it was. And if it wasn't that, then they were just covering up something else that they don't want anyone to know about. But I do not believe for a second it's little green men in a spaceship. Do we do we think, given the fact that Roswell is so popular and there's been countless films and documentaries and books written about it, should we throw this one open to the audience and, and perhaps we're, we're missing perhaps some critical argument or evidence and, you know, they can get in contact with us and, and try and persuade us otherwise. We can do. I'm, but I'm I... more than happy them to do that. I think I think one of one of the issues with Roswell though is that there is a lot of inverted commas evidence because there's been so many people coming up with their own interpretations, their own stories of it, you know, embellishments to it. And the problem is that it that that still is not real evidence. Mm. That is that is, you know, different accounts, different people adding more to a story. I mean, if, if there's something that any of our listeners think is incontrovertible, I am more than willing to hear it and go and do some research on that specific thing. But all I can see is there's a lot of hearsay, there's a lot of stories, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people believe something. It doesn't make it real. Yeah, it's not Peter Pan. And on that bombshell, Eddie, Lisa, do you think there's any merit in the Roswell story? Are we, are, are Mike and me, missing something? Uh, I'm with you guys. I've often thought, having watched a lot of films about it, that it's something really hokey about it, and it might be just because of when it was reported that time in American history. But the only thing that I that, that I do find quite interesting is how perhaps the fiction of some of the things that were talked about in Roswell are now actually becoming a reality. I watched a, a programme recently where they talked about metal that's got memory built into it. So when they heat it up, it can unfurl and how that, that's being used increasingly and, and self-repairing metals. So I find that kind of quite interesting from more of a kind of scientific standpoint. But as for uh, Roswell and flying saucers, the only good flying saucer is the sweet variety, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sherbet filled. They are nice. Yeah, I think we've got a full house of what a load of nonsense, Roswell. And I'm really surprised because, like I say, I hadn't even looked at it until recently when we decided we were going to talk about it. And I'm just amazed that it's managed to go on the traction that it has. So I consider myself much more well-informed and it was l just a load of nonsense. Yeah, but like Mike, not totally opposed to aliens and flying spacecraft. Have seen some videos recently, which just, I'm not entirely sure what is going on, but interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So, so yeah, full, full, we've got a full, four, can't even full say it, a full four non-believers. skepticism yeah. in this episode. First full time ever. Skeptics. We've got a quorum of skeptics. Yeah. Yeah, and and on on a subject where maybe the listeners would have expected it to be a fifty fifty or lean more the other way. That's yeah. That's the biggest shock. You know what, guys? You know what, guys? I don't I don't say this lightly, but I'm proud of you all. <laughs> Aww, that's that's nice. That's nice. I'm I feeling... feel like we've got our our skeptic stripes on this yeah. one. Can we, do we get a badge? 
He's hoping. <laughs> like a blue Peter badge, maybe. I have to get some badges made up like Skeptic Believer. Yeah, that'd be great. Nice yeah, bit of merch there, Mike. Merch, yeah. Follow the money. Get some merch going. Pigman badges. I could brand you. Yeah, Pigman pig badges, badges, yeah. yeah. Maybe if that's it, we should just all give up work and just open a cafe on Canuck Chase and just call it Pigman Cafe. Pigman yeah. Cafe. Yeah, or... Or, you know, give up work and start making up nonsense about spacemen and monsters and write books and sell them. Isn't this what we're doing with the podcast? Trying to make money from... Wow. When do we do this for the love of it, Mike? No, yeah. I do it for the love. I do it for the love and the joy. We do it for the love. Seven years. Seven long years. Long, long podcast years. Just long think that we have got years. the Pigman Cafe and it's operational in Canic Chase. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll be serving our usual brand of swine burgers and pigman shakes. Black eyed chips. Think, well, yeah, and I like to think that two American guys are going to turn up and say, "We need to speak to Mike." Yes, but it'll be about your browser history more likely than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> VPN, mate. VPN. <laughs> Don't give away all your secrets, Mike. All right, there we go. Well, there you go. On that that sceptical bombshell, let's uh, draw this one to a close. So if you've enjoyed listening and you haven't already, please do subscribe. You can contact the show at skepticsandbelieverspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, which is SNBpod and the number one. Or you can go on the gram and look for us under skepticsbelieverspod. So we hope you've enjoyed this one. Join us next time when we will be discussing El Chupacabra, the goat sucker. So until next time, please do take care of yourselves. This podcast has been brought to you by Obsidian Shark Productions. The music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the Creative Commons license. More details can be found on our website.